Please keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourselves and enjoy. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wiley, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where I'm allowed to ask people things like, what's it like to write a very tall person when you are a very not tall person? Practicing asking and answering these questions, I hope, will help us ask and answer these questions with our partners. And my big hope is that this will increase pleasure all around the world and therefore the quality of human life, thus, you know, elevating humanity. Our guest today is a 28-year-old straight white female from New Jersey who works as a machine operator, baker, and runs a group for both women and men to share about their sexual trauma. She's into choking, facials, getting spit on, slapping, exhibitionism, and handcuffs. Welcome, Lauren. Hi. I'm so excited to be on. I'm so excited to have you here. Can you please tell our listeners today, if you were to rate yourself on a sexual shame-o-meter with 10 being super shamey, like you can't even talk about sex, and one being like you're wild and free and whatever, 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 where do you fall today? Probably like a three. Okay. And can you just give our listeners a little overview of your current sex life? Well, right now, my sex life is pretty non-existent. It's just me, and I'm just learning more about my body, and it's great. Fuck yeah. Okay, so now take us back to your early years. When do you first remember hearing about sex, and do you remember what that felt like or how you conceived of it? Ooh, okay. It was the first time I heard about sex was probably probably from watching mtv honestly <laughs> honestly do you remember how old you were ish uh like three or four okay i just i just remember all of my siblings are older than me mm -hmm. so i mtv would always be on and we would always watch music videos and everything in the 90s was just becoming so like sexualized yeah and I remember seeing like more people exposing themselves and having more cleavage and little clothes. And that was, I think, like around the first time. Mm -hmm. And do you remember if you had any value judgments around it? Like, was it good? Was it bad? Was it exciting? My family hated it. Oh. Like my parents and everybody else. Yeah, they, it, it, it was all very weird to them. And I grew up in a household that wasn't very sexually open. Like it was very like hush hush. No, no, mm. don't, don't talk about that. They were okay with us watching it, I guess, as long as we didn't portray ourselves that way. And I was a little kid, but. Interesting. <laughs> so did that hush hush extend to the relationships you had with your siblings or did you guys talk about anything ever? Like, did you get wisdom from the older siblings? No, but we weren't that closed off like about our sex lives my my old my sister who's the oldest is a little bit more like quiet mm. but my older brother he was the one who was always bringing girls home and like they put on movies and like make out on the couch and stuff in front of everybody oh. and it was it was a little weird so it <laughs> but, was like um, allowed to happen we just didn't really like discuss it yeah because I, I think it was because he was a boy Oh. to be honest mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like my sister and, and he was way less shameful mm -hmm. so like he was open about it and my dad never had like talks with him like you shouldn't be doing that in front of the kids but my sister was always like I guess behind doors she never okay. let anybody know what was going on okay and did your parents ever give you a sex talk no okay. nope <laughs> Did you ever hear about consent as a young person? Uh, in sex ed. Okay. Uh, they, they did go over consent in high school. Okay. Not, not in like the junior high portion, but in high school, they went on to talk about why consent is important. That's great. Our sex ed program was actually pretty good. Oh. In the fifth grade, I remember there was one day where they divided the boys and girls and they had like, they would just talk about puberty and what's going on with your bodies. Mm -hmm. And in middle school, we had for one, one year, we had watched the miracle of life and we talked about pregnancy and how babies are developed. And we talked a little bit about STDs. 
and a little bit more into puberty, like the girls got the boy side and the boys got the girl side. Mm -hmm. And then in high school, we had another year of sex ed where it was more about sex and condoms and more and more into STDs and what you should and shouldn't do and teenage pregnancy. And Mm. it was pretty good. Very informative. Cool. And what about in your own being? When did you start to become curious about sex and touching yourself or having the feelings? And did you talk about it with friends and all of that? Ooh, okay. So going back to like MTV or whatever, like I, I was little, like three years old. I remember having an idea of what was going on, but not fully. And I would just think like, you have a boy and you have a girl. And I just thought you laid on each other. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I would make my Barbies do. (laughs) Okay, so I, I, wait, I just want to say, because I... I knew that sex was you put a penis in a vagina around the time I was four because my mom was a nursing instructor and she specialized in labor and delivery. So I knew some biological stuff, but I sort of didn't really believe it. I was like, that can't fit. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but but for that reason, my Barbies would scissor like and because they were plastic. And so that's how I thought sex happened for a while. And so my earliest fantasies were of like, and I didn't know that there was like, feel it like physical feeling attached or or movement i thought they just like went in and like stayed and so i my early fantasies were me and a partner but we were both just like reading while we were having sex like just scissoring that's amazing (laughs) okay so your barbies were just laying on top of each other that's so cute okay yeah and and i would like leave them like that my Mm -hmm. I, I knew it had to be hush hush and I would like do it behind my grandparents' couch <laughs> and I would leave my barbies like that and they would find them and be like, Lauren, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but then even as I got older, I got my period very young, like nine years old. Oh, wow. And before that, you remember like when public bathrooms would have um, the tampon dispensers yeah. and stuff. Okay. So there was one pub that we my mom always took us to and they had one of those dispensers in the bathroom and I would always ask her about it like what's in that like what are those and she wouldn't talk to me about it like she wow it it freaked her out and (laughs) so that just led me to be like oh well all I need is a dime and one day I brought a dime into the bathroom and I I got a pad and I had no idea (laughs) was and I'm, I'm like taking it apart and I'm like oh well it's sticky so it must be a sticker so I stuck a, like I, I got a couple pads so I stuck them like on my on my body and I walked out of the bathroom just covered in <laughs> just covered in pads and then that. shortly after that I got my period and I had no idea what was going on Whoa. but I heard from my grandma like a couple months before that my cousin who's my age had gotten her period and she's I remember her being like oh you're probably next and I had no idea what that meant so this happened to me in school I was in the fourth grade and um I remember crampy and just like oh shitty and I went to the bathroom and I'd gotten my period and I just kind of put it together myself like oh this must be what it like my period is and those pads are probably to like not make my underwear get dirty so even from that time my parents wouldn't talk about sex with me it was just kind of like figure out on your own wow wait so what did your fourth grade self do like did you get a pad or did you go to a school nurse I think I would have been too embarrassed to go to a grown-up when I was in fourth grade I stuffed underwear I not underwear I stuffed toilet paper in my underwear and I waited until I got home because it was like seventh period anyway. Mm, okay. So I told my grandma and she's like, yeah, you got your period. And then she, she got me a pad and then she, she explained pads to me, never tampons. Tampons were very taboo. I started using tampons on my own when I was maybe 10. And I remember telling my older sister and she was even like, you shouldn't be stuffing anything up there. Oh, really? Yeah, she got her period later, like she was 14. And I don't even think she used tampons then. So for her, like, I get it. Yeah, I think. (laughs) So was your family religious? Or what was the taboo? Where did it come from? Do you know? No. Okay, so um, my parents got divorced 
when I was pretty young. I never really spent much time with my mom. Hmm. So my dad remarried. He's not very, he's not religious at all, but his wife, who he remarried, she grew up very Catholic and she was, she's great. But like with sex and stuff, it was like, it's very taboo. Like you shouldn't be doing this. I remember somebody got me a book. It it wasn't a sex book. It was just like, they saw some guy with a mohawk on the cover and they're like, oh, Lord might like this. (laughs) And I was like 12 years old. And I remember I had the book at my grandma's house. And she was flipping through it and she just happened to come across the part where it got a little sexual, like, oh, he put his hand on my thigh and she took the book from me. She's like, you can't read this much. And she, she goes, you're too young for it. You don't need oh. to know about this. And I remember being like, well, you're not my mom and that's not up to you. So I'm going to take this book. Yeah. And like, I still didn't even understand what was going on. I didn't know about penis went into a vagina (laughs) (laughs) but yeah the internet helped a great deal like porn and yeah porn (laughs) so tell me about that was that when you yeah when did you start touching yourself how did you start exploring what was it like okay so I started touching myself hmm, maybe about 10 okay and I don't really remember the circumstances. I think I just remember being like, oh, what's that feeling? And just kind of going with it. I remember looking up like, what's a boner? Because I would hear boner on like Degrassi. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know what that means. So I would look that up and then it would take me to like porn sites. And I just be like, oh, well, what's this? And just kind of like go from there and learn myself. Do you remember any of the feelings that went along with it? I remember feeling really good. It took me a while to orgasm because I didn't understand that that was the end goal. And then I think one day I was, I just kept going and I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> and I orgasmed. And on that note, can you tell us how you currently touch yourself or has it changed over the years? Like what specifically oh do you, yeah, tell us. It has changed so much. Okay. So like as a kid, it's like just hands, like outside stuff, never inside. Outside, um, like flat hand, like fingers diddling. Like what was the, tell us the yeah, details. Fingering like side to side, like on my clit or whatever okay. until I would come. Then when I turned 18, I got my first debit card. So I ordered a vibrator yes. and I had a vibrator for a long, a long time. And once I stopped using the vibrator, I just kind of got more in touch like with my hands and stuff and like figuring out more. It's been, it's it's been like almost two years since I've had sex. So Mm -hmm. now it's just been like exploring more. And cause I noticed that like when I am having sex, I get very in my head Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I, I can't come at all. I'm like that. I'm hyper anxious. I can get flipped into hyper anxious mode and then it's not happening. I can feel that. Yeah. Um, I bought Come As You Are, and that's been a great help to me. Yeah, I'm still reading, but that helped a lot. It's so good. But now I'm just kind of learning more about my body. Like before, I thought, oh, I don't have sensitive nipples. But now I'm like, I was creating a mental block for Mm. myself and not focusing like the attention on that. But now I'm learning how to like focus my attention on different areas of my body mm. and just breathe and relax. Right now, my favorite way to masturbate, oh my God, is I build myself up and like just on the outside, yeah. like fingers and like I do the thing where, okay, so like my finger is my clit and I take these two fingers and I just kind of like rub it. Wait, show me a different angle, rotate it and then I'll mirror you. So, so like that clit. Uh-huh. And like just take two fingers uh-huh. and I just kind of like rub the outside. Oh wow! Kind of, okay. Yeah, and like little, like just little, like directly pinky. on your clit. Yeah. And it's like the and two then, fingers of your same hand, or do you do two fingers like this? Like same it's like, hand. It's your, okay, so it's your pointer finger and your middle finger, kind of like going around, around and up and down. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. And, 
And then like I, I work that up and then I, I take my other hands and I start going inside <gasps> while I'm doing that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I've learned how to use both hands. It's been amazing. Oh, yay. And I come that way and it's, it's such like a great build up and I love it. That's awesome. Which hand is which? Like is your dominant hand doing your clit or is dominant hand yeah. inside? Yeah, dominant hand for clit. Me too. I'm always the same way. Yeah, my left hand because I'm right-handed. So my left hand has to go inside. Cool. Ugh. And do you, are you into any butt play at this point in your sexual journey? I used to be. Okay. I was into butt play and then um, I was raped two years ago and like that played a lot of into why I'm kind of not so into it. it. Like I'm open maybe one day, but it's, it's going to take some time. Yeah. On that note, do you want to tell our listeners what you have done to process that trauma or take care of yourself after it? Of course. So a couple weeks before it happened, I had joined a gym and I was using every excuse to not go. Hmm. And the day after it happened, I remember, like, I woke up from his house. I Ubered to work. He lived in Harlem, and I'm in New Jersey. So I had to take an Uber straight to work. I was, I smelled like puke. Oh. I looked awful. I threw up all day at work. And I'm like, I'm going to go home. I am going to take a nap. And I'm going to go right to the gym because that is all I can do for myself right now. And I remember I did exactly that. I went to the gym and I remember how freeing and amazing that felt for me. Mm. And I'm like, I have to stick with this. This is, this is going to be important for me. So I, I just continued with going to the gym and it made me feel great about myself. And it was a great way to just get my anger out. And I remember, um, I, I confided in a couple of people, but it really didn't help much for me. And the gym was like my main priority. Mm-hmm. Once COVID started and the gym closed down, I started going on walks and the walks weren't really helping as much. Yeah. So I got really into meditation. I meditate every day, like as much as I need it. The other day I meditated for four times. And it's just such a calm, freeing, it's amazing. Everybody should do it. But meditation, self-care, I did a lot of shadow work. And I, at some point during quarantine, I just, I was just having a really bad day. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to come out with my story today. I, I just felt like a pulling, like something inside me was like, you need to do this. And I, in, in an Instagram story, like I wrote out everything and it felt, it was scary to be that vulnerable, Mm -hmm. but it also just felt so good. Mm -hmm. And shortly after that, so many people started messaging me with their own stories and I'm like, all right. So there are other people who I know who are going through this. Some people who I didn't know at all, who were just kind of Instagram friends who I followed throughout the years, who reached out to me with their stories. And I'm like, okay, well, here are people who don't even know me. They just follow me online and they're confiding to me with their stories. So then I'm like, you know what? This is really fucked up that it happens to this many people. And I don't follow that many people and many people don't follow me. So it's like within a very small group. And that's when I had the idea to create a group for people who have like gone through sexual trauma and where you can just have a safe space and have people to confide in and who can understand you because they've been through it. And you can just, have a shoulder to cry on and give each other advice about maybe how to overcome like your trauma and getting into new relationships or even just loving yourself. Because once you've been violated that way, it's so hard to love yourself. Can you say a little more about that? About why it feels hard? 
Yeah, it's it's really difficult. I just felt so violated mm-hmm. and just dirty. And yeah, it was hard. Yeah. But it was it made me put in the work to do self-care, yeah. which is something I always put on the back burner. I've never been good at self-care. But now it's become like such a big part of my life. And I'm preaching meditation and yoga and just having a shoulder to cry on now. And I want people to understand like, hey, look, I've been through this and I'm okay. And I wasn't okay, but it took some time and it took some work, but it's worth it because you, you could overcome anything, you know? I love hearing the details of how you have taken care of not just your physical body, but your emotional body. And that, I think for me, was one of the biggest pieces that shifted me, that helped me begin to shift into a place where I could start to receive and give the type of sex that I wanted to be having with partners. I just want to clarify a couple of things since we're talking about going to the gym and physical activity if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounded like you were the physical exertion was what you were after, like the the kind of emotional space that that creates in your physical being, or was it about like looking a certain way or reaching a certain fitness goal? For me, it was kind of cool. Okay. I joined the gym a couple of weeks before, like I said, because I just wanted to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. Like what? It's funny when they say, like, January 1st, everybody's going to join the gym and have their New Year's resolutions. And and then after a couple of weeks, they'll be gone. Like, they'll give up. And I gave up, like, a couple days after joining. <laughs> and it was a resolution. I, I was a bit heavier when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And um, I was really insecure about my body. And I just never felt good. And I started losing weight after high school. Mm-hmm. And that made me feel good about myself. Like I would, I would do at home workout programs, like with my best friend and my sister, but that eventually stopped. And I would try to like do my own thing, but it was always hard for me. And I'd always just fall off track. But this really just fueled me because I was pissed off yeah. that anybody could do that to me. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to give up now. So it was definitely like just an exertion and having goals. Yeah. Beautiful. But yeah. And then for our listeners who may not be familiar with shadow work, can you just give a quick overview of kind of your interaction with it? Okay. So for me, it was just going into every relationship and trauma in my life and just dissecting everything and meditating on everything and learning how to forgive and yeah just learning how to take all of that shitty energy and work through it and understand it and then put it behind you so you can just focus on focus on your current life you know fuck yeah and now to return to your earlier self when did you start exploring with partners Ooh, okay so i I remember being like curious about boys and going back to preschool. Like I had one boy who I'd always hold hands with and we would play house and he was always my husband when we played house. (laughs) And like when we were done playing house, there was like a McDonald's playset we had at our daycare and we would hide behind the McDonald's playset and just hold hands and like kiss each other on the cheek and giggle. And then we got in trouble for it and we couldn't do it ever again. Like, they were the, te- the teachers were on us. Like, oh wow! And that's all. That's all that ever happened. Like we only hold, held hands and kissed each other on the cheek. But it it was very obvious that we were not supposed to be doing that. And in elementary school, I remember having my first boyfriend, like in the sixth grade, and he was just learning about his body and stuff too. So I remember, like when we would hang out or whatever, he just pulled me on his lap and just be like, Oh, I have a boner right now. And I, I, I still had no idea what that meant. So I just feel like, Oh, like, <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> um, 
in high school, I I didn't like the idea of having a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm a very, very introverted. Mm-hmm. And I love just time to myself. And it, it, it's so important to me. And I'm like, I have my best friend. I have so many siblings. I never have time alone. I'm at yeah. school. So I just like the idea of having somebody to hook up with. <laughs> so in, <laughs> in high school, I would just hook up with older guys. And there was one in particular who like taught me everything I know. Do you feel comfortable saying how much older? Okay. I was 16, 17. He was like eight years older than me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was fucked up on his part to go along with it, but I was okay with it. So it was illegal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, that, that's another thing too. Like I've always been into older guys. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. all of my siblings are so much older than me. And I grew up basically on their level. Like yeah. every, like what, what they were watching and what they were listening to and talking about and their friends, I was there. Yeah. So I had a lot to relate to with them because I knew what they were doing. And it's always been hard for me to connect with people my own age because it's, I, I, I don't really have an, an explanation for that. Yeah, it's, just is. Yeah. But um, so there was this one older guy who I was hooking up with and that we stopped hooking up when I was like 19. It was on and off until I was 19. But I remember him showing me how to like properly give a blow job and like give us specifics. What do you remember about it? And like, what was your feeling at the time? And how did you talk about like what you wanted to do? It sounds like it was very consent based. It was very, very consensual. I remember being like so eager to just do everything. And Uh he'd be like, you're going too fast. Like, (laughs) it's not okay. And he would, he would show me like the blowjob, like, okay, what if you just like touch my balls and just like slowly stroked for a while instead of just like <laughs> <laughs> like it's a shake weight <laughs> it, it was all very exciting to me because I was like here's this person to just kind of show me and there's no strings attached and yeah. I don't have to worry about bringing him home to mom and dad yeah. and it's very relaxed That's great oh my god wait how did you meet him okay so I used to go to a lot of shows and stuff when okay. when I was a kid and I met him through my group of friends because they were all older than me too. They were around his age. Mm-hmm. So um, I met him around them and then we became friends on Facebook where we just kind of talked a little bit how we're in, into each other. And then one night he text, texted me to make out and I remember like, yeah, so he picked me up. I snuck out of my house and... <gasps> <laughs> Did you ever get caught? amazing and it's something like if i told my parents they would never believe me like (laughs) they they would never think that i would sneak out i'm such like yeah i'm such a goody two shoes Uh, Mm -hmm. especially when i was a kid like just oh i i'd rather stay home instead of go out drinking or like i was just so boring (laughs) that like it it would have never been expected yeah so so he just kind of showed me the ropes. We never had sex until I was 19. Okay. He was the one who kind of got me into like playing around outside and laughing and getting spit on and like all that good stuff. How did he introduce that stuff to you? And also where outside? Parks. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I I missed the parks thing, I guess, because I grew up on an orange farm. So we would just go into the orange trees because it was right there. But like, where in the park? What kind of park? Like, what are parks? You know, what a park is different depending on where you live in the yeah. country or world. Uh, playgrounds were a lot of fun because they have like all the different things you can sit on. And um, I'm really short. I'm like four nine. Oh wow! So, You're little. Okay. <laughs> so um, like having all these things to like stand on and like kneel on to make it like easier for us. It's a playground, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, we would fool around on playgrounds and like when we would introduce like getting slapped or like sit on there would be a, a conversation beforehand like, oh, what if I hit you? And he's like, not too hard, but like, I'm into it. I just want to see if you'd be into it. So I was open, like mm-hmm. brand new experiences. So he'd slap me and like go a little harder. And yeah, everything was very talked about. Like mm. choking was talked about. I kind of just set up like, I I remember like I took his hand and like held it to my throat and like, like squeezed like enough to show him like, this is how I'd like to be squeezed, like no harder than this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, he just kind of showed me a lot about myself. Is that when you learned about facials? Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, and we were we were always, like, trading porn and stuff. Oh, so, oh that's cute. Say more, say more. <laughs> yeah. So if there was something that he saw that he liked or that I saw that I was interested in trying, like, I'd send him a video. Or I remember when Tumblr was big for porn yeah. they had like the gifts and we would send each other the gifts like oh don't you think that's hot or like yeah. so tumblr was what got me into facials mm. like seeing that on tumblr being like let's do this and he was huge into it so it was no problem for him <laughs> it's just they made me feel like so good about myself just yeah. like playing with it after yeah. you know yeah. Can you speak a little bit about what your sexual body loves beyond facials, choking, slapping? Like, just tell us some of your other favorite things. Okay. Right now I'm learning. Like, it takes me a while to, like, warm up. So right now I'm learning that just, like, caressing. Like, I really like it. Like, when my legs, especially my lower back, like, that's a big part for me. So just being, like, caressed there and, like, maybe pull my hair while you're doing that Mm. and, like, like a firm grip or, like, a hand on my throat, not even choking, just, just like holding. just holding That's it. So hot. I'm, I'm learning that I'm very into just like taking my time into like that that build up than yeah. just a huge makeout slut. Sometimes <laughs> I'd rather just make out than have sex. Like I'm so into it. Mm. <laughs> what, what, have you ever? Okay, so yeah. Also, yeah, you went a while with him exploring and not having penetrative sex, it sounds like. So mm-hmm. I imagine there was lots of making out. Can you details like, are you open mouth, tongue in? Like, just tell us all the iterations, if you will. Okay. Um, I, I am like open mouth, like tongue in, like flicking my tongue a lot, like dragging it across the roof of their mouth. Mm. And like, kind of like I'm stuck in their tongue, like giving yeah. them a tongue blow job, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, biting, do you stick to mouths? Do you, does, does making out include this like head, neck? No, no. Okay. I, I I do like biting necks a lot. Like that's how, that's usually how I initiate. (laughs) Like I just go for the neck and, um, (laughs) (laughs) like a vampire, (laughs) but, um, and I've never had a complaint. Every guy is just like, Oh, okay. That's a clear signal. Yeah. I love like biting, like, the neck a little bit not too hard and like biting their lips and yeah so if you take a little while to get warmed up what exactly needs warming up like for me if I am not warmed up and someone like tries to touch my clit right away it's gonna hurt more than feel good what is your body's experience of not feeling warmed up enough okay so for me it, it just takes me a while to get wet like my my clit is very sensitive, but not it doesn't hurt. Mm. It's just like any touch, it, you will usually feel good to me. Oh, so is it easy for you to come then? No, because you have to get warmed up. It just feels yeah. good. Okay, okay. It, yeah, it just feels good. But it's it, once I breathe and take myself out of my head and just kind of focus, yeah. then I could come like pretty easily. But Fuck yeah. It just takes me a while to get wet. Like, we would probably help, but I would rather just work on that, the foreplay and the buildup mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's so much fun. Yeah. Is that also true when you are touching yourself? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, like, I now it's like a ritual. I have to get myself in the mood. Like, 
I like to meditate before I do it and light some candles and Fuck some yes. incense. Yeah. Ooh, what's your favorite incense? Well, right now I'm just really into uh, Palo Santo. Oh yeah, yeah. That's so yeah. Mm. So that that's perfect for me right now. I like to be more loving with myself now, yeah. and just take that time and appreciate myself. <laughs> oh yes. Okay, so. Is there anything else we need to hear about how your body likes to be touched by partners? No. Okay. I don't, I don't think so. So how do you like to touch your partners beyond neck biting? For example, what are your blowjob tips, tricks, secrets? Okay. So <laughs> I I like to start like hold the shaft and like hold the balls and like hold the shaft up and like start yeah. at the balls and kind of like lick up the shaft. And like twirl around the head a little bit and then like a little suck and then like go back to the balls and just really work up and fill that with them. Yeah. Lots of spit. Very sloppy. Mm-hmm. When you uh, like the, the rotating like hand motion, like twist. up and down. Do a little twist. Yeah. That's, that's usually my routine. Beautiful. And do you use toys? In sexual sessions, it sounds like you're using more hands and you're reconnecting with your own body, but did you ever use toys with partners? Okay, so I I had said I got in my first toy when I was 18. Mm -hmm. The guy who really opened the sex world up Mm -hmm. to me, Mm -hmm. he was really into the toy, but we never actually used it together. Oh, really? But, like, yeah. But since I was of age then, I would, like, take pictures and videos and like send them to him he would tell me what he would want to see and i i just do it i was all into it like what can um, you give an example he loved like watch it like having like blowjob videos like on the toy and just me fucking myself with the toy yeah but we always had plans to use it but that never happened yeah um how did that make you feel? Because I get really sad when I'm like, I thought we were going to do this thing. Now I think you're a liar. But I know I'm noticing a lot of other partners are like, no, we're just talking about like maybe if it works out. And I'm sort of like, I don't know what to believe. Yeah. Okay. So uh, during that time, we weren't really seeing each other as much got it. because he moved. So then it just became a distance thing. So we never really got to hang out as mm. much as we wanted to. Okay. So that's kind of why it was never used. So I loved that sex toy. It was Trojan came out with sex toys and it was like the, the twister or vibrator. It was this big purple thing that yeah. just kind of looked like a banana and it was really thick. Okay. And I remember it had three different speeds and um, it twisted like so you can hit all different angles. And it cool. was amazing. Fast forward like a, a couple years later, I get married at 21. Oh, you got married? What was that? I like? got married <laughs> yeah not to him yeah. unfortunately <laughs> but um i during the time that i was married i was just so disconnected from my body mm. and the sex was just we were not on the same page at all like he he was so vanilla and just so into him like he i only came five times with him and um, were we, were, we were together for five years. <laughs> yeah. Did he, he never, know? Like, Did he ask? Did he try? No, he never asked. He never cared. Like after sex, like I would just lay there and like get myself off. And he would just kind of like put his hands on my boob and go to sleep. Like he didn't give a Oh, fuck. so you're like literally right next to him. Not like he's in the mm-hmm. bathroom and you're doing it in secret. You're like, I guess I'll get myself off now. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't fucking, he didn't care. Wow. <sighs> It was very one-sided. And I remember I was so stressed out during that time period. And for whatever reason, like, I just felt guilty if I used a sex toy. Hmm. So I threw my toy out and I've never gotten a toy like since. I've never had one since. Now I've kind of been contemplating maybe bringing that back, but I'm having so much fun just with just my hands yeah. and with my mind that yeah. I just want to explore with this before I get a sex toy yeah yeah I feel like for myself I'm like I'll know when the right time is for the next exploration like I've started to sort of 
understand my own sexuality really as a lifelong journey, especially our guest last week, Rose. She just, she's 58 and I just like listening to her, I was like, oh yeah, I don't need to be in a rush all the time. I'd like to know where those guilty toy feelings came from. I have no answer for that. Okay. I just, I, I, I think it was just like, well, I could be initiating with him, but there's this toy and I just kind of feel bad about that, even though it was very one-sided. Yeah. I, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so did you, so it sounds like perhaps you didn't really talk about your sex life together. Is that accurate? Oh, no, no. Not at all. I, okay. We would try a little bit. Like I'd be like, oh, can you just choke me a little bit? And I'd show him and at, he was just not comfortable with it at all, even with me showing him. Like, I don't even really like to be choked that hard, yeah. but it, he just wasn't into it. Slapping. I, I asked him to, like, slap me around sometimes. He, no. <sighs> um, there was one time that he tried, and it was, like, the worst. I don't even know what the fuck he was doing. Like, it was just, like, this very, like, like, like on my face, baby. like, on my eye. Oh, no. He, like, Find me and like doing it to my eye and I'm like please stop don't do that again like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're trying but that's not how and he's like well I won't do it any other way and that was that oh wow okay yeah so he didn't like, want to physically abuse you in ways you were requesting but he also didn't want to physically pleasure you specifically how did you mm -hmm. come those five times was it an accident or like what what happened I think I was just really fucked up. Yeah. Like, like, like yeah. I, yeah, I was either really drunk or really stoned. Yeah. And in my head or like just feeling kind of just taking myself. Okay. Well, he's, I'm going to pretend like he's not on top of me. Yeah. And that's how I would come. Wow. What came next? How long did this marriage last? Um, okay. So I got married at 21. I was out. I'll put you there. I was out by 24. Yeah, I, it wasn't a very healthy marriage at all. He was a narcissist mm. and very emotionally abusive, not physically yeah. at all, but very emotionally. It's just as bad. And yeah. Well, I don't know if it's just as bad. It's also bad, bad in different ways. Mm hmm. Yeah. It definitely took a lot of healing, like getting away from that. And it took, it took me a lot to just kind of realize this, this isn't good for you. You mm. need, you need to leave and just step away from that situation. Yeah. You know, like the period trackers, mm -hmm. like, um, so I have a period tracking app and I always mark how many times like we fucked or whatever. And just out of curiosity, like I went back and I counted how many times we had sex within that, like three years, four years of marriage, whatever it was. And we had only fucked, like, I think it was, like, 30 times. Whoa. Yeah. How? Mm. Wow, that's really not often. So when you did fuck, how would that get initiated? Was it just, like, whenever he felt like it and he would touch you? Or, or was it, what was it like? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it, was, it, was, it was all on him. If I tried to initiate, he would just kind of shut me down. And now I'm not in the mood. But if I were to shut him down, it was, he'd be pissed at me for days. Well, okay, so coming out of that, what was 24-year-old sexual you like? 24-year-old uh, sexual Lauren found Tinder. <laughs> uh -huh. And uh, I, I got on Tinder. Yeah, I just started dating and I... The first guy I had over, I didn't, I didn't do anything with. He was, I couldn't stand him. I wanted oh. him out of my apartment. He, he was a lingerer. Uh. He lingered <laughs> into like 4 a.m. just talking. He wouldn't stop. And <laughs> I'm like, it's 4 a.m. guy. Can you, can you get out? Like, please. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then he texted me like a day later and he's like, I just, I just want to, um, and he would text me about the dumbest fucking shit. Like, oh, I'm eating this cookie today. This is delicious. And then I'd be like, oh, cool. And then he texted me 
And he's like, yeah, so are we going to fuck or what? And I never let on that that was going to happen yeah. at all. Like, never gave him those vibes. But so I'm just to be clear, him staying over till 4 a.m., you guys, that wasn't like post-fucking. That was just like he was lingering and you weren't into him. Yeah. Oh, he no. Didn't even kiss. I didn't even give him a kiss on the cheek. Like, didn't make oh, out. Oh, wow. Nothing. So that's yeah, a like, huge level of expectation for a person who hasn't even attempted to make an actual connection. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm kind of glad that he did do that Mm -hmm. because it was no, and then we moved on, you know? So then, um, my second Tinder date, that went really well. We, we, it, oh my God, (laughs) he was great. Why? How? He was just, he was so much fun and it was exactly what I needed. Like for my first experience to be after that shitty marriage, Yeah, he was. He was very fun to talk to. Like, I loved his personality. He, like, liked to pick me up and, like, throw me around. And he was very tall. He was, like, 6'4". And like I said, I'm 4'9". Oh, nine, my so it was, gosh. Like, so, so easy fun. for him to just pick me up and just fuck me, like, standing up against, like, feel? no ball. Yeah. Oh, my God. So great. It was so empowering. <sighs> it was such a good feeling. One thing with my ex was he did have a very large dick. Uh-huh. And um, riding him was very uncomfortable for me. It was okay. I was just gonna ask that. Yeah, it was very painful. But with this guy, like he he had a nice nice dick, but it wasn't as big, and it did not hurt me. Oh. So it was great because like I climbed right on, and he's like, "Yeah, you gonna do this?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna ride you," and he let me, and it was just so empowering. Oh. Yeah. So this was the first person you fucked after your marriage emotionally like did you discuss things ahead of time or what did you need like it sounds like you had a lot of fun what laid the groundwork in your connection for that was there discussion was it a feeling can you talk a little about that it was definitely a feeling not there was no discussion ever like it, it was a very basic date like we went to dinner and just kind of talked about like work and family and all that stuff we had a lot in common and then he dropped me off and like we hung out in the parking lot and listened to music and he was telling me stories about like his songs because he was in a band or, mm-hmm. and he told me like stories about songs he wrote and, and then he there was one song that he had written for his grandma and she passed away mm-hmm. and he was very vulnerable with me and he cried in front of me mm-hmm. so I'm like he feels very comfortable with me yeah. so when he when he dropped me off I'm like no I'm just He's not going in for the kiss, so I am. So I initiated that, and then that it just kind of went from there. Yeah. He was like, I have a condom in the back. Do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, why not? Beautiful. Also, what just like an easy way to get clear consent. I, You know, because people are like, oh, I don't know what makes it not sexy. And I'm like, opposite. Makes everyone feel safe and clear, and then you're not worried. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Great. So what other, are there any other notable tender explorations or just feelings in general that you want to speak about during that time, those couple of years? Tinder. There was another really fun Tinder story. I met up with this guy and he was in the city. So I went over to the, over to New York and we walked around the city and we just talked in the park for hours hmm. and He went in for the kiss and we just kind of made out on a park bench and like felt each other up and stuff. And we're, I did the thing with my tongue where I'm like sucking his dick and he's like, (laughs) I have never experienced that. He's like, can can you give me a blowjob? And I'm like, yeah. So um, we just, that time was spent just looking for somewhere where we could do that like safely and not really get caught and just like, while we're doing it, he would like grab me and like throw me up against the wall and kiss me and just, or like, just like throw me back while we're walking and kiss me. And it was just so much fun. And yeah, that was another fun one. Yeah. Not my, I was on okay Cupid for uh, only one date and I masked with this guy and we were very like open, like, yeah, we're not looking for anything. He was also a divorce too. So we just wanted somebody to play around with. So we talked about what we liked and what we didn't like. And we're like, okay, well, 
if it goes well, like we'll, we'll have our date part. And if it goes well, we'll like just go for it. And he was also into like public stuff. So like we set it up where I met him at a bar and I wore a shirt with stockings and no underwear. And um, he was going to like take me into the bathroom and fuck me in the bathroom and like rip my stockings open. That it didn't happen as like we planned. But I remember we were having a drink and like he excused himself, like checked out the bathroom and he's like, yeah, not that bathroom. <laughs> Good <laughs> and, though. That, um, thank God. Because what if he was a dude that was just like, well, it's very shitty, but I want to fuck there. You know, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're like, okay. So we just start like making out at the bar and then he just fingered me right at the bar. And <laughs> How did that make you feel? Amazing. And it was <laughs> It was like, like, I, I reacted to it at first. And he's like, no, no, can't react to it. Okay, we'll wait, get caught. Can you paint the picture specifically? Like, what kind of skirt were you wearing? How was his hand? Could other people see where at the bar were you? How open was it? Like, paint us the picture. Honestly, it was probably pretty noticeable. Okay, I was, <laughs> I was just wearing like a, a little pencil skirt. Uh-huh. And it, it was a pretty empty bar. Like, it was a... <laughs> very shitty dive bar in the city and there were only a couple other people in there but they were kind of facing me mm -hmm. as he was fingering me <laughs> his back was to them mm -hmm. there was nobody maybe there was somebody else at the bar like on the other side but yeah. not by us okay and was he fingering you from from below the skirt or like up through the top up through the top okay that makes okay that makes more sense yeah so i was like skirt. lifted up on like my hands while he was so, like, he can get his hand in there uh -huh. and, like, for me. And, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. He was very into, like, telling me, like, no, no, you can't react to it because then people will know what we're doing. That's super hot. But he he was a lot of fun. We went back to, to his apartment and, yeah, we just had a lot of fun sex. Oh, just great. choking and, like, everything I loved. Uh, I'm remembering now that in your intro you wrote to me that you enjoy handcuffs. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little okay, bit about so that, that? That was also introduced by the first guy who showed me like everything. He was into handcuffs. He would just kind of cuff my hands over my head and have like, fun and together do or to a bedpost. Yeah. Okay. Together. Cool. So that was he kind he kind of showed me, and then I would always like with any other partner, I'd be like, "Well, I have handcuffs, and I can bring them." And some of them were into it, and some of them weren't. Oh, that's a great barometer. That's genius. That's like such a great yeah. way to check in. When I was seeing the guy in the city, because we hung out a couple of times after that one hookup, hook and I remember telling him, I'm like, do you want me to bring handcuffs? I have them. He's like, yeah, fuck yeah. So I just carried handcuffs in my purse. <laughs> I, I was at my, my sister was having a baby shower and um, my niece, who was like, three, four years old, went into my open bag and like pulled out the handcuffs. And <laughs> I like grabbed them from her before like anyone could see my, her mom saw, but she's like very, she gets it. She, so yeah, she yeah. kind of just giggled at me. And <laughs> oh my gosh. That is hilarious. So they're like legit handcuffs, not like the cushy pink kind. Yeah. I, they had like the, uh, the fuzzy stuff around them, but it was like a sleeve that was sewn over. So I just took okay. them off. <laughs> amazing oh wow and as you started exploring with partners on tinder maybe even before what were conversations around health and safety and protection like like how do you have those with people at that time i, I hate to admit it now but i was just so lazy about mm -hmm. it conversations weren't really had the when i started dating my ex-husband mm -hmm. I remember my friends being on me like, you can make him wear a condom, make him wear a condom. And somebody gave me a condom. And I just asked him and he tried and he took it off during sex and was like, no, fuck that. It hurts. I can't do it. It's too tight on me. Oh. And like, we, we never used the condom again. We were fluid bonded. And then when I started dating again, I was like, is that going to happen again? Cause that was a really just yeah. weird, it was just weird. So the first guy, but he, he had a condom and um, he, he was the one who brought up, I have the condom in the back. Like, do you want to do this? So 
Yeah. He was the only person who, only other person who I've used a condom with. And I, I did try to get better with that. Like there was after, like I, I hooked up with this one guy and um, not even a day later, it was within a couple hours, I had the worst yeast infection. The worst. It, it, was, it was only like within a matter of like, Maybe like eight hours. Mm-hmm. It was insane. Like yeah. I felt like I was going to tear open yeah. and I was kind of scared after that. I, I was like, there was only one other partner that I had sex with after him. And I did like, I, I did ask him about condoms and that never happened. Okay. So it also sounds like your partners are not initiating these conversations Oh yeah, no. That that's on Tinder. None of these people are like open about having. No. At least the ones who I've come in contact with. I don't like to say that like across the board. No, but, no, um, it's just speaking to the experiences yeah. you've had so far. Yeah. But what's what's really funny about like dating apps is that you can get like uh, I, I know that you've talked about being on dating apps. I don't know if you've ever like known somebody who who's like swiped on the same person and matched on the same person. So I actually, yes. And oh, okay. I was talking to both of them at the same time, but they were polyamorous. So it was like, a, so it went from me like trying to date these people separately to like, oh, I guess I'm getting to know a couple. And then, and then I didn't have bandwidth and they were super nice, but uh, I might still talk to them. But, but that's, that's my only experience with it. I haven't had like, a, a mutual friend where we're both on the app and swipe on the same person. But what was it? You did. Sounds like you did. Oh, yes. So my cousin, who is also divorced and was starting to date, was also on the, the websites. And our profiles weren't like much different. Like it was just pictures of us. And I remember my bio being like, let's smoke a blunt on the sunset. And her <laughs> being like, I like metal and shower beers. Like they weren't like anything <laughs> like with it really and we we matched with the same guy and um and we didn't know it until we started talking about him and showed each other's profile but she got like yeah I like to have choke sex and I want to do this to you and do that to you and then I got oh I want to take you out to dinner and (laughs) it was was just like wild how opposite it was whoa oh that that just makes me want to do a study somehow. Oh my gosh. Right? Wait, so did you guys both go out with him? No. 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 Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's just so funny how you can get like just a different side of one person just yeah. depending on how they feel. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Or whatever you bring out of them or mutually like that. Yeah. That mutual chemistry. Oh, that is wild. Okay. So what about the idea of threesomes and or group sex? Is that something that you would want to explore at some point? Okay, so I've been thinking about this. I think maybe I would be open to a threesome. What kind? But like, uh, probably like, probably either way, like two girls and a guy, or two guys and a girl. But um, definitely with people who I trust. Yeah. But I'm like not that invested in, like emotionally invested in. I would. I don't think I would ever have a threesome with a partner. Why? Okay. <laughs> Do you ever see Chasing Amy? She gives like a speech about how, like when, you, when you're with somebody, because I'm not a sharer. I don't like to share my partners. So that's another, that's another thing. But I think like she made a point that was like, like, like if you're open and like willing to have a threesome with your partner, could you don't know how you're going to react like emotionally if if they react like to something that somebody else does more or like i don't know i might get a little jealous i think oh yeah it's a terrifying unknown that you you have to be willing to just kind of go with it and yeah yeah okay so what circumstances would make it yummy so maybe people that you like like would you want to plan it in advance with these people or would you be open to circumstances where you're like oh we're kind of at a party oh i kind of like you but like i know you enough but like maybe it's going that direction like what in your fantasy brain what's like a vibe that would make you be up for something like that um 
probably a, a party would probably be fine. Yeah. Like I have to be in the moment. I think, I think the idea of planning it would be nice, mm-hmm. but I also think that knowing that it's planned, I'd probably get two in my head and make mm. myself nervous ahead of time. Yeah. What if it was like the same day plan? Like it's just kind of coming together and you're like, oh, this is on the table. Oh, this is happening. Like, is that the ideal sort of plan feeling? No. Okay. <laughs> okay, great. I just always like to think about this stuff. Okay, so. I think some some weed and some alcohol would probably help a little bit yeah. <laughs> to loosen up. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe if it were planned and we just had some drinks and yeah, like just relax, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, but yeah, just that I think like at like at this point now, I think I'm good. Like on the threesomes, mm-hmm. but who knows? Maybe in the future. Yeah, I get that. Maybe someday. Yeah, I had the I had the option with the the one guy who I met up a couple times in the city with. He was like, "Hey." Can I bring someone else? And at that time, I was like, eh, not really. Yeah. I Also, for me, I'm always just like, well, I'm not a puzzle piece. Like, I'm yeah. very sexually open. I'm attracted to lots of people. But especially now that people have listened to some of my podcasts and they think that they know all of my being, they're like, well, what if I just bring a chick? And I'm like, I'm not plug and play. Like, yeah. what about what about if you treat me like a person? <laughs> You know, and and there are circumstances in which that might be okay if I have a deep sense of trust with the person, if there's some fantasy built into it. But like to just spring it on me with that expectation, that's where I'm sort of like, well, this isn't hot for me the way that you brought it up. You know, like so. That resonates with me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like maybe it could be perfect if I really trusted my partner and if I really trusted my partner's choosing and if the, I don't know. What hopes do you have for your sexual self going forward? Okay, so this podcast has helped me like a lot just with interacting with other people. Yeah. And I think I, I hope to go into future relationships or even dating, just being more open about talking yeah. about what I like and to have these conversations so I won't feel like I did when I was married because I didn't have those conversations and I just felt very abandoned and neglected and I don't want to feel that way again so a partner who is open to having these conversations with me and is open to trying the things that I'm into or hopefully just being into them and just being like fuck yeah I'm on board yeah yeah so just finding partners who I'm compatible with yeah fuck yeah what's your favorite thing about yourself sexually speaking Ooh. I think I like how open I am and how open I'm becoming. I'm learning to become, just accept it and like feel comfortable in it. And I've always had this one friend who I've admired like so much because ever since we were in high school, she's just been so open and it doesn't matter who she's in front of. Like she's been over my house in front of my parents and she'll talk about her sex life with her boyfriends and like, all this stuff and they're just like okay all right can't wait for you to leave but (laughs) it's just so admirable for somebody to be that open and just not care but um i I know my audience i'm I'm not going to talk like that like in front of my parents or whatever but like i'm definitely yeah i'm definitely more comfortable speaking about it Hmm. okay if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sexual advice what age would you pick and what would you say I would probably pick 16 and I would tell myself that there's no reason why you shouldn't feel comfortable in your own body and you should learn how to love yourself because you are a beautiful, lovable human being and other people see that in you. So there's no reason to be afraid. Fuck yeah. Do you want to ask me any sex questions? What is the best part about doing this podcast? Like, what is the, like, what does it do for you? Like, what feels good about it? The best part is getting to talk to you. It's the people that I have on as guests. I do feel a deep connection with. And 
I get a fuck ton of creepy, weird messages from strangers who make a lot of assumptions about me, whether or not they listen to the podcast. Maybe they're just looking at my nudes. And I have spent such an immense amount of time in my life, sexually speaking, feeling alone and confused. And mm -hmm. I have a lot of good friends who are sex positive, but they don't have the same pleasure or joy in diving into the details that the people who come on and agree to share do. And so talking to you, talking to people from all over the world makes me feel faith in humanity that is actually otherwise really hard for me to hold on to right now. And then hearing from other people who are on the same wavelength, I do feel like even though we are very spread out, that we are creating a tribe. And I know it's so fucking corny, but I actually do think that this interaction could change the world. If more people are willing to be open, if more people are willing to support each other and listen and be curious instead of judging or shaming each other and talking about small penises as if they're a bad thing. I mean, look, you gave us a perfect example of why like a giant cock is not necessarily the best thing. You can't ride a giant cock as hard as you want to sometimes. So um, it's totally tanked my sex life. This podcast has kind of ruined my sex life, <laughs> which is a bummer. It just created so many weird things that, you know, that I'm trying to feel into. And part of that's probably also, you know, the global pandemic. But hearing from people about how it's positively affecting them makes me feel like, yeah, this is a great way, even though there's so many, even though it's so much work, this is how I am happy to spend my life. So, Lauren, thank you for being a guest. Of course. I love being on. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>